Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the Carolina Fintech Hub podcast. Today in the studios, Tom Desmond, CFO of Ally Invest and co-founder of Trade King. Here in the studios, this man has lived the fintech dream, and we talk today about lessons learned from his career, his philosophies for growth. We talk a bit about Charlotte and the entire Carolina region, specifically the state of capital. And we've got a new segment, Who Ya Hiring? Ally Edition. Join us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to week two of the Carolina FinTech Hub podcast. We have a special treat for you today, ladies and gentlemen. With me in the Carolina FinTech Hub studio is none other than Tom Desmond. And I'm going to go through a couple, just a, a quick bio of this fellow that we have here. MBA from Kellogg School at Northwestern, BA from Notre Dame, co-founder of Baird Venture Partners, a VC firm, co-founder of Trade King, acquired for $298 million by Ally, and now currently the CFO of Ally Invest, an online securities broker. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Desmond, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Tarek. Good to be here. I cannot tell you how excited all of our listeners are, listeners are to have you here today. I'm going to hire you to introduce me wherever I go. Buddy. I can be your hype man for a yeah. very, very small I, fee. I appreciate it. So let's jump right into the first segment of today's program where we're going to talk a little bit about you. Yep. And, and the angle I really want to focus in on here, a lot of our listeners out there, uh, are uh, they have their own startups. They are interested in maybe going that route. They want to be entrepreneurs. You know, when you look at yourself from a VC, from a startup of Trade King, and now working with Ally, one of the premier companies uh, and banks in in the world, really, um, let's talk a little bit about your career yep. and maybe just pick from some lessons learned, some advice to others. Let's start in the in the in the VC portion of your career. Yep. What what was you know what? Give us just a little bit of color of that, and what was your your big lesson learned from that period of your life? You know, I'd actually take a step back. And prior to VC, uh, which was prior to Kellogg, um, I, I was uh, one of the original people at Morningstar. So I was, you know, call it employee 20 or 30. And, uh, and I worked with Morningstar from 1990 to 1993, which is when I went to Kellogg. So I'm dating myself right here. Um, and Morningstar was a startup and hugely entrepreneurial culture and business. So a lot of who I am today, I owe to that experience. Um, I was young, impressionable, and fortunate enough to be at a company where, you know, whatever responsibility I was willing to take on, they were growing fast enough, and there was there was enough opportunity that I could take it on. Did you have some missteps that maybe taught you better than than maybe successes at the point? Were there, were there and at that point maybe it was even smaller? Right, but were there any little things that jumped to your mind for the entrepreneur out there who maybe hasn't had the opportunity to be in an innovative scenario like that, where you have a lesson learned? I mean, my lesson learned there. I, I'm not sure there was any missteps I could point to. You know, I was fortunate to be where I was. You know, I think you have to grab opportunities and you have to work them when you get them. Um, and you know, if you feel stagnant somewhere, I mean, that's the lesson: is don't stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you have to. You have to you know, 
bide your times at certain points in your career, but you also have to make progress. And if you don't see a path to making progress and learning, learning something new, you know, you have to develop skills and that takes time, time. And yet you have to become a domain expert and that takes time. And, you know, sometimes it's longer um, than others, but, you know, you can't be stagnant. And if you feel stagnant, you have to look around in your current situation, you know, with your, with your current job, you know, is, is, within your own department, are there other departments, um, or do you, need to, do you need to move jobs? For me, at Morningstar, uh, I was a young person. I was uh, the editor, which was the product manager of Morningstar Mutual Funds, uh, which was their biggest product at the time. And, uh, and I was a young guy, and I was going around the country giving speeches. I was on, quoted in, in the newspaper. Um, and, uh, you know, I felt like I didn't know as much as I should. Did that, did that seem real at the time No, to you? No, I always felt like I was always in way over my head, <laughs> which maybe is another lesson. Is that, is that a good lesson? It's a good I, lesson. I, I have personally, and you know, clearly we have run different routes in our lives. I'm certainly not the most interesting man in the world. That's how I like to describe you when you're not around. Um, but I, I have many times felt like a fraud. It felt like yeah. someone who, you know, how did I get this opportunity and do I even know what I'm doing? Yeah. You know, it's the old saying, it's like fake it till you make it. <laughs> but, you know, when you, when you stop and you take a step back, and when I do that now and I think about my time at Morningstar, I knew a lot more than I thought I did. Because every day I was just looking at mutual funds, analyzing mutual funds. I knew the whole universe. I knew all the managers. Um, and I knew most of the more. I, I knew more than most people. And so, you know, you're, you're probably your hardest critic you know, and, 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 and that's probably a good thing. You know, for me, after three years, it caused me to go to business school, you know, which was the route I took. I think another lesson is, you know, there's a lot of different paths to success. And, you know, there's no right path. You know, I think you have to stay passionate. And, you know, and you can't be stagnant. And, you know, if, 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 you, if you follow those two maxims, you know, I think you're going to be good. So maybe a little bit of the feeling like, how did I get in this position? Maybe feeling like a fraud in some cases is, can almost be a good force of a chip on your shoulder to really make you, uh, you know, think hard. And in, in retrospect, you, you probably did a, a better job than you thought you did. Well, you always have to stretch yourself, you know, and I think the other, the other piece of advice I give is find people that can be your mentor, mm, yes. you know, like at Ally, they have an outstanding mentorship program. And, and, and they really actively go out and promote this program, which makes it easier for the younger people to hook up with a more experienced person. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have to be a formal process. It can be informal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and generally, in my experience, is experienced people would like to be a mentor. They don't have to be called a mentor, but, you know, they want to help. You know, they want to pay it forward. So let's skip over the VC piece for a minute because we're yep. going to come back to that in segment two and jump right to the Trade King days. Um, clearly, you know, I, I would love to spend like five hours with you really dissecting and breaking it down. But if you looked at that whole portion of your life from the moment you stumbled into it to the moment you stumbled out of it in the next phase, you know, what, what, where do you view the, the marquee moment, the thing that really it turned it uh, from, you know, a hobby to something that was going to be very, very special and unique? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's like every, every step of my career, I've been, I've been really fortunate. And, and I think with Trade King, it was the partners that I built that company with. And, you know, I was at Baird Venture Partners, and it was a college buddy of mine who was the CEO of Trade King, Don Montanero, 
and a team of guys, including Rich Hagen, who's still my partner today, um, who had built a predecessor company called SureTrade. And it was one of the early online brokers. And uh, they had left because SureTrade was part of Quicken Riley, which was acquired by Fleet Bank, which was later, later acquired by Bank of America. And during those two acquisitions, the team had just dispersed. And Don wanted to get the team back together. He came to me as his buddy in VC and said, I need your advice on how to do this. You know, I've never done it outside of a larger company. I've never gone and secured funding by myself. And I started to help him as a buddy, you know, pro bono. And ultimately, he, he and Rich recruited me onto the team. And that was the scary moment for me, leaving a fairly established uh, job where, you know, I was spreading more of my eggs across, you know, in a basket and not focusing it on one opportunity, you know. And that's why I brought up Morningstar before, because I think it was being at Morningstar and I think being an entrepreneur at heart gave me the strength to really take that risk and take that leap. You know, and, it, it, and another old, old saying, I mean, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a good point in my life. I did it. And, uh, you know, that was a seminal moment. Um, you know, we were able to secure funding early on. I, w I knew we'd get funding partly because of my background, and I had talked to people about it. And, uh, you know, we entered the market at a pretty good time in retrospect. You know, it was 2006. We had a nice run uh, until uh, uh, the crisis. And, you know, the crisis was the second pivotal moment pivotal, for us. That's right. So let me ask you a quick question on this. Yep. One thing that really stuck out at me uh, uh, from that story there was uh, a force that I've heard, and maybe this is more of a corporate America force and less of a, uh, a startup kind of mentality, uh, of this guidance of don't hire, don't work with, don't partner with your friends, with people that you're, you're, you, know, you know personally, you like, you have that relationship. I've always bucked that. I have always believed, and I've actually carried out in my career at various points, finding opportunities to work with people I'm friends with. Yeah, yeah there's risk, but if you vet them out and they're legit, yeah. uh, I believe that, that there's really a big opportunity there to have even more passion and more accountability with one another. <clears throat> Do you subscribe to that school of thought or are you on the other side? You know, I'd say it's like most things in life. You, it, there's a balance, you know, and you have to do your due diligence. You have to trust that friend. You have to respect that friend. You both have to bring something to the table. Because if you don't, it's going to be like a marriage. It's just mm -hmm. going to fall apart. Yeah. And so we talked about this up front, up front Don and I. Um, and we talked about it all the way through. And it wasn't like there weren't trying moments, you know, through that 10-year process prior to um, you know, our sale to Ally, you know, there absolutely was. Um, but, you know, up front, we decided to talk about it and put our friendship first. And we, we carried that all the way through, nice. you know, and for, for me, I think at the end, I would be more apt to working with a friend, somebody you want to hang out with, somebody you want to have a beer with, but you really have to respect that person and you have to be comfortable. They're going to bring something to the table with you. Right. And if, I mean, it almost, the, the other thought process that I've always had is, when you get passionate about these items, it is a big chunk of your life. And if you're not enjoying it and having someone to enjoy it with you, that can be challenging. So, I, you know, there's many sides to that equation, but let's fast forward the clock. Many of our listeners are probably dreaming of being in the position of, of getting themselves to a spot where their idea turns into a company that turns into an, an acquisition opportunity. Yeah. What was going through your head at the moment when 
that 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 opportunity to not exit because you didn't exactly exit, but exit from being a single standalone startup to going to a, a, a large world class company like Ally. Yeah, we we were excited. I mean, we were thrilled. We um, we were ready to take that next step. You know, like most companies. Yeah, that, that are startups and then go through sort of, you know, I'd call it these teenage years, we were always undercapitalized. We were always bootstrapping. You know, we were always lean. You know, we were very good at certain things. We were very good at online direct marketing, but we never built a brand. Allies exceptional at building a brand. They're a case study in the brand that they built over the past few years, really since the crisis. And um, being able to connect with an organization where we could take what we were doing to scale was really why we got into this business. So for us, you know, it was great on many levels. You know, one, we were in Char- based in Charlotte. You know, we've got an office in Fort Lauderdale, but, but you know, for all intents and purposes, our core base is here. Uh, Charlotte is a base for Allied Bank. You know, the people, the cultural fit, uh, you know, was hand in glove. And it also was perfect for us because we were able to take our business and our product set, which is online trading and managed portfolios or digital wealth management. Um, And we were able to put that right next to the online bank of Ally Bank. And so for our workforce, all of our employees, you know, all of our teammates, it was, you know, an opportunity to really take our game to a higher level. It was a unique situation and, you know, continues to be that unique situation. You're on the board of directors of our beloved local and regional institution, the Carolina FinTech Hub. Um, I mean, the part of our design is to almost duplicate that that same concept in a joint venture firm of bringing this environment of startups and incumbents, larger institutions together to be able to do the nimble start, quick start, quick fail fast kind of concepts while also leveraging the large benefits of being enterprise grade, of having that reputation and brand. Um, You know, why were you tapped to be on the board from the ally side and why did you say yes? I think I was tapped for the very reasons you just talked about. And, you know, part of it for me is this is my passion. And, you know, from Ally's perspective, you know, I'd say it's Ally's passion. You know, Ally's a big company, but it's a very entrepreneurial big company. Uh, And they aspire to be more um, entrepreneurial. And, you know, I think it was just that match. Um, You know, part of it was my involvement with QC FinTech. And as I got involved, I was involved there at Trade King. And I remained involved there and remain involved there uh, at Ally. And it was just my involvement there within the Ally organization where I ultimately got tapped to be on the board, the representative of Ally. So, so, and look, the one thing we all agree, we sign the solemn pledge when we join this organization. You have done so as well. Um, we don't drink our own Kool-Aid. So let me ask you two questions, a positive one and, and a constructive criticism one. On the positive side, what's impressed you about where we've come to this point with the FinTech Hub? And then... On the constructive criticism and be be hard hitting, you know, where do, where do we where do we have a lot of work left to do? And what is if it doesn't get solved, um, you know, maybe we aren't successful. But start with the positive, please. Yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like you know, to use a baseball analogy, you know, we've kind of hit. I'm not even sure we've hit a single yet. You know, 
we've got a couple hits out in the field, um, but there's just a ton of work to do. You know, but what's impressive is you know the energy that's around this organization, the different constituents that are involved. You know, not only do we have a great group of sponsors, but you know, outside just the sponsors that are bringing you know money to the table, which you know we need for this organization to run. You know, we equally need people's talents yes. and people's time, and there are you know many fold. Organizations that are involved lending their talent, and there are people working during the day, there are people working uh, at night, and there's people working at the, during the weekend. So, you know, it's it, what's amazing to me is the energy and the amount of time that people are willing to commit to this without earning any money. A couple quick questions. Yep. Um, you mentioned working at night, working on the weekends. You went on a weekend and actually experienced uh, the, the, the hackathon yeah. at UNCC a couple right. of weeks ago. Right. Um, Justin, you know, what's your elevator kind of response back on on what you saw there? Because the people that didn't come, it was you know, it's hard to explain. How yeah. how would you explain what you saw? Yeah, I mean, I'd explain it as you know, look, there were a group of there were a group of uh, you know, th- I think thirty one, thirty five students who formed eight teams, and these folks stayed up twenty eight hours straight uh, developing solutions to some financial problems. Mm. And, you know, beyond just those teams, you know, there were, there were, you know, at least that many people in the background who came together to put that on. You know, you had Bank of America, you had Oracle, you had other people that were providing the actual infrastructure to put that on. I mean, it, it, it just was amazing. And you, you show up there and you see all these people. And again, you see the passion and you see the learning. It's just one of the ingredients of why I think... Uh, uh, the Carolina FinTech Hub is so important and why I think it's going to pay dividends to the community. And here it's at a grassroots um, you, you know, level with the university students, you know, but that's going to expand around the state. It's going to go up a level to you know, younger developers. It's going to create this community within the Carolinas where you know, technologists and entrepreneurs can, can connect with each other, where FinTech companies uh, can connect with other young fintech companies, but also connect with the larger companies like Ally. And really, that's the purpose and that's the mission. So, you know, to me, again, you know, we've bunted the ball, you know, but we're in the game mm-hmm. and we've got people lined up on the field. And, you know, I think part of the mission and part of you know, your job, Tarek, is we're trying to be- bring more people into the fold. And there are people who are interested. In, and, and, and it's just going to grow because what's happening here is there's too much energy energy and there's too many benefits people aren't are going to they're not going to want to be left behind. absolutely yeah. couldn't agree more so we have a you know just to give a little peek under the under the curtain here we have a weekly executive stakeholder call the carolina fintech hub yep. and um last week you know this is a great point to bring in special guests have interesting conversations learn things last week we had the new cms superintendent uh dr wilcox come in to talk about how phase two of the hackathon doesn't just have to be in all the universities in North Car- South Carolina. It could also be in the CMS schools to battle upward mobility. Today, uh, we had uh, Senator Jeff Tart from the North Carolina Senate and legislature come in and talk to us about what he's doing. I, I just wanted to just briefly hit on this one with you because, you know, we hear all kinds of just random great ideas all the time. He brought up this concept of using <coughs> blockchain to essentially not just uh, statewide be the first state to utilize that 
um, uh, to, to have identity stored, but also find other practical use cases on top of those identities to potentially be able to have an indisputable, you know, use of the distributed ledger to be able to vote from home. So clearly there's ups and downsides to that, but how many use cases have we heard of blockchain since yeah. Bitcoin that actually makes sense? Oh, I thought it was I thought it was really exciting. I, I actually, he gave me two uh, blockchain applications in about five seconds that were better than you know anything I've heard in a long time. I mean, it was it was uh, it's exciting to hear somebody in you know state level government, you know, as a senator, talk um, that fluently about uh, you know current technology yeah. and really relevant applications. Great. So listen, we have a new segment this week. It's called "Who You Hiring." And uh, this is for all of our listeners who made it this far. If you made it this far in the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, you now get to hear our secret decoder ring information for you, which is where's the next new market job, the innovative, creative, the job everyone's looking for. So in any form or fashion you would like, Mr. Desmond, tell me, Ally, who are you hiring? Yeah, well, it just so happens that Ally Invest is hiring in the technology group. We, uh, we are eagerly looking for some talented developers. We're looking for some JavaScript developers for some front-end development. We're looking for .NET developers for some back-end development for us. Um, and we are looking for some data developers. And, and all of this would be working on, you know, most of it would be working on our trading platform, which is, you know, an HTML-based streaming platform. Um, and, uh, yeah, if, uh, if anybody's interested, you can, find, uh, you can find my information on the Carolina FinTech Hub website. Just send me an email, and I will route you to the appropriate people with an ally. Beautiful. Quick question on that, just as a follow-up. Um, What's the standard, maybe not just ally, across the industry, for, for the types of jobs you just said, where's the, st- the school of thought today as it relates to, do you need a traditional four-year degree to, to be able to fulfill some of those roles? Really, at Ally Invest, the way we look at developers and technologists, you know, we look at them as creatives. You know, we want people to come in and solve, solve problems, and we're not putting people in an assembly line. So you know, that's really our view. Yeah, well said, well said. So um, look, there's two last things I want to do here before we close out. Of course, every time uh, we plan on going shorter, and the conversation just is so interesting, we can't help ourselves. One, you know, we always have to talk about Charlotte. Charlotte in general. And I had about 50 questions to ask you, but I'll just ask one. Yep. Going back to that point of your life that was venture capital related, yep. uh, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate, little, little, little program element we have here. Charlotte is terrible for capital, and it's not coming anytime soon. Now, Charlotte's got great demographic wave on its side. It's got a lot of young, talented people coming, pulling from, you know, all over the southeast. So why are people leaving that I hear on the streets because they need capital and there just doesn't seem to be here? I, I will acknowledge that I think capital is one of the missing pieces here, but capital is going to come here. Capital will follow. Capital finds great ideas. If people have great ideas, they've got to follow it. Capital will find it. I think a great example of that is on Monday. There's the Southeast Venture Conference. Dan Roselli and QC Fintech is holding. And, you know, and, and that's also, there's a link on the uh, Carolina Fintech Hub website. But it will come. And it's going to come because of the mission of the Carolina Fintech Hub and what we're trying to do here. 
Um, I think the, the Venture Conference is a great example of that, and we hope to partner with Dan in the future. So chicken or egg, which one comes first? It, it, and, you know, it, in, in, in a macro sense, the, the IP, the talent, the companies in that pipeline, or the capital? Which one you, do you need to really, in a material way, draw the other? Yeah, this is always one of the great chicken and egg, uh, you know, examples. And, you know, I, I think the companies have to come first. When I was in Chicago at Baird Venture Partners, we had the same issue. You know, Silicon Valley started up because of Hewlett Packard and a bunch of companies and, you know, a lot of angel investors. We've got a lot of work to do here with capital, but it just takes a few visible wins. And it takes a few visible wins by people in the community making some money from those wins and VC seeing that money will come here with, with good companies. Excellent point. So let's finish off on our final and one of our, our, our beloved program elements here, uh, word association. I'm going to throw out a word. You just have to throw back at me the first word that pops in your mind. The very first word, <coughs> Mr. Desmond, please. So let's start with something easy. UX, user experience. Extremely important. That was two words, Mr. <laughs> Desmond. That is incorrect. Important. <laughs> yeah, good. You can do multiple Critical. words. Critical. Critical. Love it. Blockchain revolutionary right that's going to be standard we'll, we'll ask blockchain for every one of our guests um artificial intelligence the next wave bureaucracy frustrating notre dame disappointing after last weekend <laughs> indeed indeed uh out of the standings there um ICO, initial coin offering. Hype. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, uh, finally, Carolina Fintech Hub. Exciting. Well, we cannot thank you enough. This was incredibly uh, interesting, exciting, insightful. Um, hopefully, our hundreds of thousands of listeners out there um, jotted down some notes from uh, Tom Desmond, the most interesting man in the world, as I like to describe him. Um, and, you know, we're just grateful that you came on the program. The most, most uh, smartest, most handsome host here sitting across, sitting across from me. People like to describe me as the most humble man in town. Yeah, so that's, right. uh, that's what I'll go by, Mr. Desmond. Thank you so much for the time. Thanks Ladies and gentlemen, me. this was the Carolina FinTech Hub podcast coming to you from the Carolina FinTech Hub studios in Charlotte, North Carolina. Thank you for listening.